Hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and welcome back to The Culture Wars. Today, I want to take a look at what I think is one of the most disturbing trends in the West today. And considering everything that's going on, I know that that doesn't actually narrow it down a whole lot. But the subject I want to take a closer look at is one that I think we should all be paying very close attention to. A lot of us, I know, tend to look at issues like the issue of transgenderism and don't think that it's going to affect us personally. And so we read these stories and we think that there's this crazy fringe out there that believes, you know, men can get pregnant and women can have penises. But we don't really see how that will affect our personal life. And I genuinely wish that was the case. I genuinely don't enjoy covering these sorts of stories, but there's a reason they're so important for us to keep track of. So to highlight why I think it's so important for us to follow these stories and to note the direction the trends are taking us in, I want to take a look at a story that was published in the Edinburgh News in Scotland. Uh, this story, it's quite a recent story, and the title is Edinburgh Labourer Shouts Abuse at Transgender Woman. And it's about a, a construction laborer who works at the St. James construction site. His name is Graham Spears. He's a, apparently a father of two. And after work, I guess, he was having a, a couple of beers with a few of his buddies. And as he was walking past a pub in Bonnington, he and his buddies walked past uh, what the article describes as a transgender woman. And so you always have to translate things these days because the media very obediently uses all the terminology laid out for them uh, by the transgender movement. But a transgender woman is a biological male. And Graham Spears was apparently very rude. He kind of pointed and he laughed at this person. And as a result of this insult, uh, this person actually called the police on Mr. Graham Spears. The person being laughed at suspected that he was being mocked for his appearance because he's uh, transitioning to female or at least attempting to do so. And as uh, Rosie Cook of the Sheriff Court said, the complainer thought that the laughing and pointing was in reference to her gender transition, her being the word, of course, that the news article was using. And so as a result of feeling like he was being mocked, uh, this person felt that calling the cops was the best way uh, to actually deal with the situation. And it's interesting because in the article, they're desperately trying to make it sound like a, you know, dude who had a few beers being rude is an, quote, unprovoked verbal assault. And as a result of this, the sheriff informed Spears, who was actually arrested for doing this. He was arrested and hauled in. And the sheriff informed Graham Spears that his sense of humor had, quote, no place in today's society. And that his laughing and pointing were so unacceptable that he would be required to pay the man that he had laughed at 500 pounds. 500 pounds in compensation. And this was I guess for hurting that person's feelings, but more directly was due to the perception that perhaps Graham Spears didn't buy into this biological male's attempt to appear female. The, the news article actually refers to this incident as a, quote, confrontation, uh, despite the fact that all the details indicate that Graham and his buddies just simply walked by, were rude, uh, but this actually resulted in him being arrested. And he was... This is almost ridiculous. Uh, the lawyer for the transgender complainant stated that Spears now understands after, you know, having to pay a fine of 500 pounds 
to the person he had laughed at, and then an additional 500 pounds that now he understood that his actions have been, quote, disturbing for the complainer. The complainer, I thought, was a, a pretty good way of putting this. And Sheriff Robert Fife also piled on. And listen to this. This is really disgusting and really scary. He informed Graham Spears, again, who's just some average Joe Blow construction worker who probably isn't involved in the transgender culture wars whatsoever. He informed him that, quote, your offensive comments were not funny at the time and are not funny now. Your children should grow up understanding gender differences and would be ashamed at your behavior that comes from a different era that has no place in today's society. Now think about that really carefully for a second. So some people in responding to the article I wrote on this situation said, look, Spears was rude, and that's why Spears got arrested and forced to pay a thousand pounds, which is approximately uh, $2,000 Canadian. So first of all, it's ridiculous that somebody would have to pay a fine like that for being rude, and that would have to pay a thousand dollars to somebody he was rude to. Uh, there's not even any evidence that he called this person any names, that he went any further than pointing or laughing. Because, trust me, if he had done these things, if he had actually called this person names, that would have been in the headline of the article. But no, he was just pointing and laughing. And the sheriff, so an agent of the state, a law enforcement officer, told Graham Spears that his children should be ashamed of him uh, ostensibly because he wasn't buying the idea that a biological male could become a woman and that his beliefs come from a different era. Think about that carefully. Graham Spears wasn't just being fined for being rude. That would be disturbing enough in a nation where free speech is supposed to exist, but obviously does not. He was being fined because his views on gender were from a different area. And as a result of that, he needed to be arrested and then he needed to be punished. Now, this, I think, is an extremely terrifying turn of affairs. And I, when I posted this article on Facebook, there were people who responded to me by saying, look, come on, uh, Graham Spears was obviously very rude. It's, it's incredibly rude to laugh and point at somebody. And I agree with that 100%. I am not defending this construction worker for pointing and laughing at somebody. Uh, I think that's something that is discourteous. I think it's something that somebody should not do. I also don't think that somebody should get arrested and fined for being rude. But moving on beyond that, it's the words of the lawyer and the words of the sheriff involved that indicate this didn't have much to do with the fact that Spears was rude and everything to do with the fact that Spears appeared not to be on board with this transgender agenda. And interestingly, one of the people who responded to my article said, look, laughing at a mentally ill person is absolutely reprehensible. Again, I agree with that. But what the commenter doesn't realize is that when he refers to transgenderism as a mental illness, he himself is using terminology that by the standards of the sheriff, by the standards that convicted Graham Spears, would result in him getting arrested and hauled in as well. If he had walked past that exact same transgender person and said to that person that, you know, he hoped he was doing okay with his mental illness, he might have gotten an even more severe punishment because the entire crux of this matter has nothing to do with simply being rude and everything to do with the fact that Graham Spears did not appear to be on board with the idea that a biological male could present as a biological female. 
We need to be watching this very carefully because we've been seeing an increasing number of stories right across the board that indicate that our cultural elites are cracking down on those who are not fully on board with the transgender agenda. And I'll give you a couple of other examples to help highlight this point. So this story is equally crazy and in some ways is even more crazy. And it happened a couple of weeks ago and it happened again in the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom, actually, when it comes to the suppression of free speech surrounding the issue of transgenderism, seems to really be the canary in the coal mine for the rest of us because we seem to see law enforcement there more than anywhere else really aggressively cracking down on speech specifically. So people just expressing views uh, that contradict tenets of the transgender ideology, which I've got to point out is is changing all the time. And so it's kind of a moving target. In fact, uh, based on how fast uh, certain philosophies inside the transgender ideology are changing, there's a very real chance that at some point uh, you could get a call from the cops for expressing something that was wildly progressive and far left, you know, a couple of years ago and is now so far outside the mainstream that the Overton window must be just sliding on a greased rail at this point. And so this example is, and I kid you not, a 74-year-old woman who was contacted by the police. Her name is Margaret Nelson, and she lives in a little village in Suffolk. And she was awakened early one Monday morning by a telephone call. It was an officer from the Suffolk police. And this officer, get this, wanted to speak to Mrs. Nelson about her Twitter account and her blog. So a police officer phoned a woman in a village, a 74-year-old woman, to chat with her about her Twitter account and the things that she's been blogging. She used to be a local newspaper journalist, and she still enjoys tweeting and writing about a number of issues. Uh, But just like the unfortunate Mr. Graham Spears, it appears that some of her views might still come from a different era. And so she said a couple of things that apparently very much upset Uh, transgender activists who then of course promptly uh, reported her one of the things that she had written was this quote if a transgender person's body was dissected either for medical education or post-mortem examination his or her sex would also be obvious to a student or pathologist not the sex that he or she chose to present as but his or her natal sex the sex that he or she was born with Even when a body has been buried for a very long time so that there is no soft tissue left and only bone, it is still possible to identify the sex. DNA and characteristics such as the shape of the pelvis will be clear proof of the sex of the corpse. Now, this is just a simple statement of fact. Uh, I don't actually understand how anybody could read that sentence and say that the unfortunate and elderly Mrs. Nelson is some sort of bigot. But apparently, this is why she got a call from the cops. And this is how uh, Margaret Nelson described her interaction with the police. And I'm going to quote directly uh, from her recounting of events here. The officer said she wanted to talk to me about some of the things that I'd written on Twitter and my blog. She said that some of the things that I'd written could have upset or offended transgender people. So could I please stop writing things like that and perhaps I could remove those posts and tweets. I asked the officer if she agreed that free speech was important. She said that it was. I said that in that case, she'd understand that I wouldn't be removing the posts or stopping saying the things I think. She accepted that and that was the end of the conversation. Consider the irony for a moment of a police officer phoning somebody, phoning an elderly woman to ask her to delete posts critical of transgenderism, agreeing with her that free speech was actually important. 
And when she asked the Suffolk Police Force for an explanation, she received this, ironically, on Twitter. I don't know who their social media guy is over at the Suffolk Police Force, but that person should get fired. And this is what they said. Hi, Margaret. We had a number of people contact us on social media about the comments made online. A follow-up call was made for no other reason than to raise awareness of the complaints. Kind regards, web team. Well, that's obviously not true because not only did they contact her, but they actually asked her to specifically delete the tweets and to delete the posts that the, of course, always anonymous complainers had reported to the cops. And so eventually, because this story just made the cops look so bad, uh, they apologized for contacting Margaret Nelson and stated that they should not have done so. And it's nice that the cops apologized, but how in the world did they think that harassing a private citizen for expressing her opinion on social media was a good idea? And like, let me go back to this quote for a minute. She's literally talking about the fact that researchers and forensic pathologists can analyze a skeleton and tell you what the sex of that person was. She's getting reported for stating scientific facts because some transgender activists think that those facts are offensive. I don't think I need to tell any of you that this is insane. And it is incredibly worrisome that an elderly woman gets contacted by the police for making statements like that. And then, on top of that, actually asked to delete those tweets. So that's another example of the law enforcement, an arm of the state actually attempting to suppress speech that conflicts with transgender ideology, although I'd be interested even to hear a trans activist argue against the idea uh, that a forensic pathologist can identify the sex of a skeleton just by running the appropriate tests. I, I'm kind of wondering when I read stories like this, so are we at the stage now where we're going to throw out entire scientific fields of inquiry, uh, totally abandon um, pathology, totally abandon uh, entire fields of archaeology, actually because for all we know the Iceman might have been transgender and so therefore we don't know how he identified and thus analyzing his corpse through scientific methodologies is, is no longer valid like this stuff is just nuts but believe it or not that's not even the worst of it there are even more stories than that I think this story is probably the most disturbing of all of the recent stories that I've seen. And it was reported by the Daily Mail early in February. So it turns out that in December of 2018, a 38-year-old mother was actually arrested in front of her children and locked up in a cell at the police station by the Hertfordshire Police. Again, this is in the United Kingdom, just like the previous two examples, for having an argument with a transgender activist on Twitter. Like, she was locked up in a cell, arrested in front of her kids. Her name is Kate Scottow, and the way this went was three police officers showed up at her home, they detained her, and they carted her off to the cop shop where they interrogated her about an argument that she had with a transgender activist about deadnaming. So just to give you an idea of what deadnaming is, a deadnaming is this term that was recently invented by transgender activists, and it basically means referring to a transgender person by their previous name. So if you called Bruce Jenner Bruce Jenner, that would be deadnaming Bruce Jenner because Bruce Jenner, Jenner now identifies as Caitlyn Jenner. 
And so dead naming is, is a really big deal. And actually, Twitter passed new rules recently that said you're not allowed to dead name because apparently using an objective historical fact, like, you know, the name somebody lived by for decades, is now considered to be a borderline hate crime. So they interrogated her about dead naming because she referred to a biological man who identifies as a woman as a man. So she stated a matter of biological fact, but this conflicts with the new ideological reality that we're all supposed to be kowtowing to. And so for this supposed offense, she was arrested, photographed, had her DNA and her fingerprints taken, and she was locked up for seven hours on December 1st of 2018. Again, this arrest took place in front of her kids, including her 10-year-old autistic daughter and her 20-month-old son, who still breastfeeds. She's apparently still under investigation now, still under investigation in 2019, and the police have not returned her cell phone or her laptop, which she says she needs for her ongoing study. She's pursuing a master's degree in forensic psychology. It's a good thing it's not forensic pathology because we've learned from previous transgender complainants that that scientific field may just be on the way out. But unbelievably, unlike in the case of Margaret Nelson, where the cops backed down once the media covered the story and people started getting choked, the Hertfordshire police not only confirmed to the media that they did in fact arrest this mother in front of her kids, but they defended their actions. So here's what the police said. Quote, they take all reports of malicious communication seriously. Malicious communication. So what are they referring to by malicious communication? And when three cops show up at your house to arrest you in front of your kids, you're thinking, wow, this must have been really malicious. And I, secondarily, I can't believe the trans activist she was arguing with didn't just block her. But the communications they're referring to are an argument between her and Stephanie Hayden. Stephanie Hayden is a, quote, transgender woman, meaning a biological male, and Scotto, who objected to the idea that people could simply self-identify as another gender. So, you know, back in the day, a transgender person was considered somebody who wanted to get sex change surgery, physically try to transition into the opposite sex. These days, you can literally just identify, literally just identify uh, as the opposite sex, and that's good enough. There's actually an, a story that came out a couple of years ago in the UK of a guy who has two closets. He's got one closet for girl clothes and one closet for guy clothes. Um, and when he wakes up in the morning, he decides how he's going to identify. And that's literally true now. The, the, the media was like, wow, can you believe this guy who's a girl some days and a guy some other days? And, you know, he has a girlfriend who's apparently OK being a lesbian some days and straight other days, which incidentally completely implodes the entire born this way uh LGBT ideology, but that's a topic for a different day. But anyways, uh, Kate Scottow, this mom, just objected to the idea that you could identify however you wanted. And Hayden, who again is a biological male, uh, reported this to the cops as defamatory. Now, think about this for a second. The, the irony of how trans activists are gaslighting women um, the Scottish feminists, incidentally, are fighting trans policies, and so are feminists in a bunch of other countries, is you've got a biological male accusing a mom of being misogynist, of being transphobic, because she insists that as a female, she knows something, you know, about being female. And this whole idea, one of the fundamental transgender ideas is that, well, um, if a man feels like he's been in a woman's body and really feels like a woman his whole life, well, then like that means he's a woman. Well, the question I always want to ask to that is how would you possibly know? 
Like, I'm a 30-year-old guy, and how would I possibly be able to understand the physical experience of living in a woman's body? I've never gone through a menstrual cycle. I did not experience puberty like a girl does. The female experience is unique to biological females, and therefore, I don't know what it's like to feel like a woman, and therefore, when I say I feel like a woman, by definition, I have no idea what I'm talking about, and neither do the rest of these trans activists, but we're supposed to swallow all this garbage, and we're supposed to swallow it so thoroughly that we're actually willing to lock up moms for objecting to the fact that we're expected to believe this crazy stuff. So uh, Kate Scotto, of course, has denied that she harassed or defamed Hayden in any way, and she pointed out that she has a, quote, genuine and reasonable belief, um, and that human beings cannot practically change sex. And despite the fact that this is true, uh, Deputy Judge Jason Koppel banned her for, from referring to Hayden's former male identity which you'll notice the judge referred to in his judgment. So the judge referred to Hayden's former male identity in saying that she could never refer to his former identity. So I don't actually even know uh, if Kate's allowed to to actually say what is in the judgment. I don't know if she's allowed to quote the judge, because to quote the judge would be to do the thing that she's banned from doing. Like, this is just, this is just unbelievably idiotic. She was detained for seven hours in a cell with no sanitary products, which she told the cops she needed, all for highlighting scientific truths that were accepted as objective fact as recently as a decade ago. This is just, it's... It's hard to wrap your head around, but one of the reasons, again, it's so important that we follow this stuff is that the UK is the canary in the coal mine. Even the Daily Mail noted that her arrest is, quote, the latest where police have been accused of being heavy-handed in dealing with people who go online to debate gender issues. What do you mean heavy-handed? They arrested her in front of her kids. That's totalitarian stuff going on here. Uh, they actually highlighted in the same article a recent instance of sitcom writer Gary Lineman. I'm not a the sitcom guy, so I have no idea what that is, who he is. But he was given a verbal harassment warning by the West Yorkshire police for also misgendering and deadnaming Hayden. Uh, Hayden, who is a biological male, again, even the judge, uh, Judge Jason Koppel himself, referred to Hayden's former male identity. I hope I didn't um, assume Jason Koppel's gender there. Uh, you may never know, but it looks like Hayden just trolls online, argues with strangers about transgenderism, and then reports them to the cops. Like, this is the thing that she does. And apparently, it's a victory these days for transgender activism for a biological male to get a biological woman locked up for seven hours, away from her children, her autistic 10-year-old, her 20-month-old baby boy who still breastfeeds. This is just garbage. This is one of the most worrisome instances. But again, it's still not finished. Those of you who think I'm overdoing it with the stories, you guys need to understand that this is something we can't ignore. Canary in the coal mine. That canary is dying very, very fast. And as a nation that's very, very close to the UK, we need to be watching this because this sort of thing could easily come here, especially considering laws that were passed by the Justin Trudeau government, laws that were passed in New York State. This is something that we should be watching very carefully. So let me give you one more instance, again, from the United Kingdom, because this is where a lot of this stuff seems to be going on. And this instance is from January, and it's, it's one of the most interesting ones. And it involves a 53-year-old man named Harry Miller. And Harry Miller is a guy who, he works as a docker in Humberside. 
And uh, he likes to tweet occasionally, and it turns out that he doesn't really buy this idea uh, that a biological man can become a biological woman. They can present as one, but they can't physically become one. And so he was uh, apparently contacted by the police, again, because the police wanted to discuss his Twitter behavior, his Twitter behavior. It's just bizarre to me that we live in a day and age where people are being contacted by the cops specifically to discuss their Twitter behavior. And so Miller, who describes himself, and, and this is his description, not mine, as just a hairy arse docker who uh, swears, drinks, and watches football, was contacted by a community cohesion officer. Can you think of, of something that's like more Orwellian BS than that? Community cohesion officer. And this community cohesion officer wanted to speak to Miller, whose tweets were not cohering uh, with other members of the community. The officer noted that Miller had sent out at least 30 tweets that could be considered offensive. And the most egregious tweet was a limerick tweet, which implied that transgender women are not, in fact, biological women. And I'll read you uh, I'll read you the limerick that he tweeted out. It was tweeted out by somebody who tweets a lot of this stuff. Her Twitter handle is Restless Ellie. And here is the uh, limerick that he tweeted. It's it's titled You're a Man. And here's the poem. You're a man. Your breasts are made of silicone. Your vagina goes nowhere and we can tell the difference even when you're not there. Your hormones are synthetic and let's just cross this bridge. What you have, you stupid man, is male privilege. You're a man. You're a man. We can say it. Yes, we can. That you'll never be a woman, even if that is your plan. Every cell is coded male from your birth until the grave. You are simply a man, neither stunning nor brave. Your penis isn't womanly. Your wig is poorly made. Your idea of womanhood just doesn't make the grade. You think we are just caricatures or porn tropes for your use. You pretend that you can be us, but it's merely more abuse. Your great big hands and manly head are difficult to hide. A hand in front of Adam's fruit proof does not provide. That you have changed your actual sex because your brain is pink is laughable to those of us who can actually think. Now, there's one thing that trans activists and all these progressive activists hate more than anything else, and that's being laughed at. And I've said before, I wouldn't mind that they take themselves so seriously if they didn't insist that we also take themselves seriously. And so they apparently took uh, this poem and, and, again, 30 other tweets so seriously that Miller first realized the cops were looking for him uh, when his company's bosses let him know that officers had actually showed up looking for him because the anonymous complainant, again, had apparently managed to figure out where Miller worked, despite that information doesn't exist on his Twitter account or online as far as he knows of. So basically this guy had gone, uh, guy or girl had gone hunting for where Miller lived and then f informed the police that Harry Miller's workplace was an unsafe environment for transgender people due to Miller's track record of tweeting. So because he tweets poems like the one I just read, that meant that anybody who was transgender who worked with Harry Miller would be unsafe. Now, we first have to realize that the word unsafe has been mangled beyond recognition, sort of like the word verbal abuse. These words are used to insinuate that there's some sort of threat of actual violence when in fact they simply mean that something they didn't like happened or that they were offended in some way. And the officer who initiated the meeting uh, noted that, and I quote here, although none of the, the tweets were criminal, I said to Mr. Miller that the limerick is the kind of thing that upsets the transgender community. I warned him that if it escalates, we will have to take further action. So what is that supposed to mean? So the limerick upsets the transgender community. 
which is why the community cohesion officer contacted Harry Miller, and that if, what, the limerick tweeting escalates, like the poems get better or the poems get worse, uh, we're going to have to take further action. Like, what does further action look like? And so during this meeting, Harry Miller asked some of these questions. He said, why did the person who complained about the tweets, uh, why was this person being described as a victim by the officer when using social media didn't actually constitute any crime? How can this person be a victim of tweets, especially when he could just block the Twitter account that he didn't like if that's what he felt like doing? And at that point, the community cohesion officer, it's such a such a stupid description, informed him in a chillingly Orwellian fashion that he had come to see Miller. Get this, guys. He had come to see Miller because we need to check your thinking. Consider that phrase for a moment. Here's an officer telling Harry Miller, a 53-year-old docker from Humberside, that we need to check your thinking based on opinions expressed online. So this married mother, uh, married father of four, by the way, is now guilty of having the wrong thoughts and then expressing those thoughts publicly. Like the fact that his primary sin was just to send a tweet that noted that transgender women are not biological women which is, again, as I keep saying, is a matter of fact. It shows what a like, grotesque case of gaslighting this is. And what's even worse is the Telegraph, when they were reporting on this, noted that crime in Humberside has been spiking lately. So violent crimes are up by 24%, robberies are up by 17%, and the crime rate is above the national average, resulting in nearly 200 extra cops being put on the beat in the past year. So despite all of that, the Humberside police could literally still take the time to act as the thought police and actually get an officer to talk with Harry Miller about his thinking and the tweets that expressed that thinking. And so when they were asked by the media, like, what, what is this all about? Their spokesperson said this, and listen to this sanctimonious BS. Quote, we take all reports of hate incidents seriously and will always investigate and take proportionate action. What's the proportionate action for a funny limerick that you don't like? The proportionate action is what you send cops over to check somebody's thinking like this is just utterly bizarre. And so apparently getting a police, uh, getting the police over, that's now proportionate to this. And Miller, obviously, was just stunned by this. He's just an average guy, but he told the Telegraph, look, I have a wife, mother, daughters. And when it comes to their rights and the safety of those women and of women everywhere, men need to speak up. I can't believe what is happening in the UK in the name of transgenderism, and worse still, we're not even allowed to think and talk about it. And so he's not only the he's not the only one at this point. People are genuinely getting scared because some critics of transgenderism have already ended up in British court for expressing their opinions, right? Like this is this is actually taking place. And one of the interesting things here is the police visit to Miller does not appear to have the intended chilling effect. Who is he's just livid now. He said, and I quote, the only way to protect freedom of speech is to keep bloody speaking. And he's now discussing the idea of doing a limerick tour of police headquarters with the woman who wrote the poem so that he can expose everybody else to this poem. I guess he's just daring them to actually arrest him for a poem, which, considering what happened to Kate Scotto, could quite easily happen. In the meantime, he's retweeted the poem again, and he's tweeting about transgender issues nonstop. He's so angry at his treatment at the hands of the police that he has now turned into an activist. Right. Like this is a guy who had no interest in the transgender culture wars. And he is now turning into an activist because he sees what trans activists are doing to his culture. He's basically become an activist simply because they decide to push him around and tell him that he can't think 
what he thinks. He can't trust his own eyes and basically that he's a bigot for believing what he learned in high school biology. Trans activists aren't doing themselves any favors by doing this. They're pushing too far, too fast, and they're turning just ordinary men and women into activists when, you know, moms, moms of two children, you know, uh, a married father of four, a 74-year-old woman, a, a construction worker with two kids. These are the people trans activists are going after for refusing to kowtow to their ideology. So why am I telling you all these stories? Well, I hope that by now it's become pretty obvious. If we don't pay attention to what the transgender movement is doing to society, we are going to end up in a situation like they have in the United Kingdom right now where our, our speech is being policed. And we already see this happening to a degree. There have been instances in both the United States and Canada of, of speech being aggressively policed. You see legislation being passed in various places that is essentially saying you must call transgender people by the pronouns that they choose to be called, regardless of whether or not that corresponds with reality, which, as Dr. Jordan Peterson famously pointed out, is compelled speech, something that's never happened in a Western country before. Uh, there have always been limits on speech. We've always been told that there are some things that we cannot say, but this idea that you can be forced to proactively say something, this is, is new and unbelievably scary. And the transgender ideology is essentially being imposed from the top down. Again, look at those different examples we went through. Uh, ordinary people realize that there's no such thing as a female penis, for example. And you might think I'm exaggerating, but there was a celebrity that actually came out recently and said that female penises are biologically female because if somebody, who is a biological male, by the way, um, says that they are female, that means their penis is female. Um, not only that, it's it's biologically female. Like the, this stuff is it's it's insane. It makes no sense. It's utterly incoherent, both philosophically and scientifically. But a quote like that was actually praised in the in the mainstream media because they've already accepted the premises of the transgender movement. And now, no matter how far the crazy train goes, it's going way too fast for them to jump off. And so we're all you know sort of supposed to pretend that the emperor has no clothes. And we're all supposed to pretend that this is normal, that this is okay, and that this isn't a fundamental reordering of the way our society views reality. Because that, that's really what this boils down to when you go all the way down to this and you get right to the core of the issue. This is basically the radical idea that physical and biological reality are not reality. Uh, reality is exactly what you claim it is. And so there's no such thing as the truth. There's only your truth. And if you claim I am this and reality says, no, you're not, well, then you can simply claim that reality is wrong and that you are right. That is what is taking place here. And worse, we're legislating these things. We're legislating the premises that are going to take us into increasingly darker places. Right. The transgender movement basically says if you don't play along with our uh, delusions, uh, if you basically say that gender dysphoria is a disorder that needs compassionate comp uh, care and treatment rather than affirmation. Well, then you're a bigot. You're a transphobe and you need to shut up because the sorts of things you're saying are making kids kill themselves, which, by the way, is, is also just a blatant lie. Uh, there's no evidence that this is the case. And in fact, there's a large body of evidence 
Uh, to the contrary, the University of Birmingham and the University of Bern in Switzerland have done very long-term studies indicating that, in fact, uh, gender reassignment surgery does nothing to improve quality of life and, in many cases, actually reduces quality of life. It also does nothing to result in the lowering of suicidal ideation. But these are the sorts of things that we're being accused of, which is why you see ordinary men and women uh, being essentially accused of crimes, visited by the cops for expressing their point of view. And one of the things that's really interesting about all this, and most of you probably noticed this as I was going through the stories, is that this isn't a sort of a traditional fight between progressives and social conservatives. Most of the people that have been targeted recently uh, by the transgender movement actually aren't Christian at all. At least if they are, they're giving no indication of it, and they're certainly not citing their religious beliefs as the reason uh, for their opposition to transgender ideology. They're simply saying this stuff is bunk, and anybody with two eyes and a high school understanding of biology knows that it's bunk. And that's where this gets really interesting from a cultural perspective. Because this issue is is getting opposition from places that were more or less unheard of before. And what I mean by that is that we see large feminist groups that are coming out against transgender ideology. Uh, we see feminist groups actually opposing so-called trans rights legislation because they're pointing out that, look, transgender legislation, which essentially asserts that biological males should have access to female-only spaces, is to eliminate the sex-based protections that the feminist movement has been fighting for for decades. And so this new movement can essentially eradicate uh, precisely the legislative gains and the social gains that the feminists have been working so hard to get. And so... As, as I mentioned before, the transgender activists really aren't doing themselves any favors when they essentially persecute those who disagree with them because this movement is being imposed from the top down. And one of the major evidences for that is just the most most people don't buy into the premises. There's a reason that Dr. Jordan Peterson, when he came out and said, I'm not going to use transgender pronouns because the government can't compel me to say things that I don't want to say. And even if I'd be willing to say them, the government can't compel me to say them because that's totalitarian. When he came out and said that, most of us watching his case, and I actually interviewed him when all of this was going on, most of us watching this case figured, you know, here's another brave academic who's taking a stand, and the left is going to go right to work on him. They're going to call him all sorts of different names. Uh, in fact, Jordan Peterson said recently he's been called every single name except for pedophile. And then they're going to try to ruin his career. And then he's going to serve as another sad example to all those who want to speak out as once again uh, a reason not to speak out. Look, Jordan Peterson spoke out. They did a hatchet job on him. He's now an irredeemable bigot. He's lost his job. And again, another scalp for the trans activists. But that didn't happen. And I don't think that this has been examined nearly enough. Jordan Peterson stood up and said, I'm not buying into this transgender stuff. And as a result, he got rich and famous. They tried to spike his career, just like they've done to so many other people. They tried to suppress him, but it didn't work. And in fact, Jordan Peterson's meteoric rise has proven that there are millions upon millions of people who aren't buying into the garbage that the trans activists are trying to impose on society. Because it turns out that millions of people were just waiting for somebody to stand up and articulate common sense truth and then flock to that person. 
Again, they've made him rich and famous in only a handful of years. He's on world tours. His book is a massive bestseller. His videos rack up millions and millions of hits. And how did Jordan Peterson get his start? Jordan Peterson got his start by opposing the transgender ideology. That's just another piece of evidence for the simple fact that transgender ideology is not widely accepted in the population at large, which is exactly why they're trying so hard to get it into the schools, because they know that if they don't transfer this onto children, their ideology has a shelf life, because we're starting to see pushback, uh, you know, from construction workers and dockers and from 74-year-old elderly ladies who are just not buying this sort of thing. And so one of the things that I really want everybody to take home with them as they're listening to this this podcast is that we sort of look at the the sort of the the rainbow blitzkrieg of the LGBT movement and we kind of assume at this point that they've won all the cultural battles. And that's not true at this point. Uh, the transgender movement has definitively conquered the media, the politicians, and the entertainment industry, but they have not conquered the minds of the people. And so their total victory is by no means a sure thing. They have the elites, but they don't have the public, and they will only win if people decide to quietly submit as their children are taught that gender is fluid, as their children decide they want to change gender and permanently mutilate themselves, and as people are you know, arrested for tweets critical of transgenderism and politicians accuse those who aren't on board with their agenda of various forms of fundamental bigotry. So if the public is as cowardly and apathetic as their leaders, the trans activists will win. We don't know if that's the case yet. We're going to find out together. But we've never seen this kind of pushback from so many varied groups of people as we are seeing on this transgender issue. I really think this is touch and go. I don't have any definitive prediction about who wins this cultural fight. If the transgender activists win, they change everything for everyone forever. Because it's a fundamental shift in how we understand the world, and it's trashing thousands of years of fundamental understanding and knowledge. It's an utter catastrophe for Western civilization if their views and their underlying philosophies, which, as Ryan T. Anderson points out, are constantly changing, end up ruling the day. And that's why, on one hand, it's, it's really repulsive to see, you know, ordinary men and women persecuted for stating their points of view. And on the other hand, a part of me hopes that the trans activists keep on doing this and keep overreaching because every single person they persecute Hundreds more people rally to their side. They're turning ordinary people into activists who are saying, absolutely not. We are not going to throw out our understanding of civilization and of humanity. We are not going to refuse to believe our own eyes. And we are not going to accept this just because you tell us that we have to at the point of a gun. And so we'll see what happens together. And I'm really, really hoping that this pushback continues because, to be honest, this pushback to the transgender ideology is one of the most encouraging things I've seen in quite some time. So I'm going to leave it there for today. We're going to be keeping you updated on this culture war. We're going to be keeping you updated on what's going on uh, as they continue to try and force this ideology on the rest of us. But in the meantime, thanks so much for listening, and I hope you join us again next week.